Hey guys, welcome to the Renew Podcast. I have the distinct pleasure today of having Pastor Tim Howard sit down with us for a few minutes for a little Q&A. Pastor Tim serves as the chaplain to our Grace Brethren Schools, as well as having led uh, for several years now our counseling ministry here at the church. And so, again, it's a pleasure and a joy to have him with us. So, hey, Tim, it's so good to have you here. And uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about how long you've been here at the church on staff and what your role is now as the chaplain for our schools? I started at the church on January 1, 2000. And so I'm in my 18th year here on church staff. Started uh, overseeing children and family ministries. And uh, in 2010, I got a chance to teach a couple classes at the high school, some Bible classes. And from that, that morphed into a position about four or five years ago where they asked me to become the chaplain of the Grace Brethren School System, still on staff here at the church, but serving families within the Grace Brethren School, preschool, kindergarten, elementary school, and high school. So I've been doing that for about four or five years. Okay, excellent. Um, it's great, and you're obviously you're gifted in that role, and um, your wife, Sue, teaches as well, and so you guys get to minister over there at the schools together, and... Uh, which is great. That's a unique uh, opportunity where we both get to work on the same campus. Uh, in the church, through the years, we've worked together in ministry here since we've been working with children and family ministries. It was always an advantage to have both a husband and a wife working together. Uh, seeing thing, We see things differently, so we have a, a male perspective and a female perspective, and a combined effort uh, has really served us well to help uh, help each other with uh, different strengths and weaknesses that each one of us have. Uh, and uh, it, I think it's worked well in ministering to the families here. They, they get a, a, a perspective from both of us, and uh, it's really been a blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and you did our, our premarital counseling, so we've been with you guys and experienced it firsthand. So, um, And you've been heading up, which dovetails with your role at the school, in a, in a big way, but you've been heading up our counseling program for the most part for a while. Um, can you explain a little bit uh, why biblical counseling, why is biblical counseling important for a church? What is it? Why is it important? Over 30 years ago, there was a couple that discipled my wife and I, uh, Cliff and Wilma Olson, and they were a couple who were in ministry and they did counseling, but they did biblical counseling. They uh, had uh, read some things from Dr. Adams and some other uh, pioneers of biblical counseling, and they discipled us. They, they taught us. They, they, uh, they helped us in our marriage. They helped us with our walk in the Lord. They helped us with our marriage. They helped us with our parenting. And they exposed us to you know, this philosophy of biblical counseling. And honestly... That's all I ever knew. That's the only counseling aspect that I ever really knew about. The, uh, the concepts of, of you know, psychological counseling you know, wasn't you know, neither positive or negative. It just wasn't anything that I was uh, affiliated with or had been ex experienced. I didn't study psychology. I, I had psychology, but I didn't really study those things. Hmm. And so biblical counseling was just uh, became a way of uh, dealing in the church 
with uh, dealing with people and, and issues that arose. And as a lay person uh, in ministry back east, you know, serving in a local church, that's how we attempted to come alongside and help people who were in the process of going through a, a trial or a testing. And so the, the, the concept of biblical counseling was something that really that it was all I ever knew. Hmm. Uh, when I got to California, uh, I pursued my undergrad, got that in ministry, and then uh, a program opened up or had opened up in biblical counseling, a master's in biblical counseling at master's. And uh, after a couple of years here, I, uh, I pursued that. And really, it was stuff that I had been taught, but I learned I learned so much more, and I learned uh, uh, more of the philosophies and more of the, uh, the, the, the basis for it, the, the biblical structure for it, uh, really right. affirmed a lot that uh, I had learned, Sue and I had learned early on in our marriage. And, and you know, again, like I say, it was mostly in a lay ministry, just serving in the church. So. Maybe you answered this a little bit, but why do we have a responsibility as the church to emphasize biblical counseling? maybe above some other methods why biblical counseling specifically why is that so good or so important i think biblical counseling because we're dealing with believers and i hmm. I, I look at things uh passages um you know um, I, I look at ephesians 4 therefore i prison the lord implore you walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called with all humility, gentleness, and patience, showing tolerance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And in the sense of God, you know, Paul is writing for us to, you know, uh, be imitators of God and walk in a manner worthy. Well, the, the, the standard that's been set is a biblical standard. That's the precedent that I think has been, has been set. And that's the right. goal as believers that we, we uh, desire to, uh, to grow in. That's why biblical counseling, because uh, again, essentially all it is is I'm growing in my faith. I'm, I'm. Uh, it's, it could be better put or in a more practical way. It's, it's biblical discipleship. I'm coming alongside yeah. someone, and you know what is it? I'm dealing in, in the context of the church. It's the best place to do it in the local church because that's where believers come, where they hear the word, where they serve, where they grow, and then they learn to help others. So the, the biblical, right. biblical concept, the biblical counseling concept, uh, it's just something that goes hand in hand with the church. I think that's what uh, we were designed to do within the church. That's the best place for it. Uh, you, you live in your local church. People see you. They see your testimony. They don't just have to hear about it. They see it. You have history. You have, uh, they see all sides of us. They see, our, they see our successes, yet they see our failures. They, you know, no one is perfect. No counselor knows everything. You know, the Holy Spirit is essentially the counselor. The, the person coming alongside is just the, a, a purveyor of what God has already said in his word. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Spirit divinely inspires the word to, to give us an opportunity to grow and to learn. Um, that may be an awful lot, but that, it, it basically comes down to a mature believer helping another believer to grow. And in turn, that person, what he learns, he goes and teaches someone else. And it's, um, it, it's based on the scriptures. That's great. And so essentially, it's not, it's not a, another psychological 
counseling method, among others. It's really just the Christian life. And you said discipleship um, and playing that out, helping each other fight our sin and grow in the Lord, grow in, in our sanctification, our walk with Christ. And, and, uh, and I think it challenges us when we, when we use the Scripture. The Scripture works for a believer. Right, An unbeliever right. won't be changed by that. So uh, part of the process is, uh, and I've gone through this many times when people come in to, to talk about something that is uh, being tested or they're going through a trial. I always want to ask, tell me your faith story. Tell me about mm. your walk with the Lord. How did you come to know Christ as your Savior? What are the evidence of that? And I think that we see that all through Scripture. Paul writes, you know, to examine ourselves. At times he says, if you're in the faith. He says, if the Spirit of God indwells, dwells in you. So there's, I think there's always a responsibility for us to encourage people. Look at what is your faith based on? Is it based on, is it religion? Is it trying to, uh, to uh, keep the law? Or is it based on... You know, the, work, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. If, if, if that's it and it's the gospel that, you know, a person is basing their, their relationship with God on, then there's hope because the Holy Spirit indwells them and the, the Spirit, the, the, the sword of the Spirit is able to manifest change in their life because it's God's Spirit bearing witness with what the Spirit of God has written in the, in the Word of God. Um, Jerry Bridges always said, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Remind yourself, what is your faith based on? Something that you've done? Is it a feeling? Is, was it an experience? Or was it truly a realization of, I'm a sinner, and uh, I, I, I'm in need of God's grace and his love, and that comes to us through the, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Then the believer because the Spirit of God in them is able to bring about change. It's it's all about changing. If you're not growing, you're not changing. And all counseling, whether it's psychological or whether it's biblical, is based on what change is going to take place. And we've appreciated knowing you and Sue and going through premarital counseling, teaching with you guys at the school, um, and seeing how in every relationship and every counseling situation you guys both dig in and you kind of make a beeline to the cross into the gospel consistently that's so encouraging um and like you said that's that's what's going to change someone and you get to the heart and you you bring people to christ and and to see a believer back to christ um to bring their burdens to christ and um and pursue him right and to treasure him and to um, and we, I just I've seen you do that over and over and over again. It's encouraging, so encouraging to you know Christ changes us. The gospel changes us. The gospel brings us hope. Yeah. And that's what people are looking for. You know, uh, the hope that things that it, it's going to be okay because God says He takes and works all things together for good for who those He loves, those He's called according to His, his purposes. So for the believer. Uh, the aspect of God's not vindictive. God's not trying to punish us. What he's trying to do is he's trying to teach us. How do we, how do we learn what God is trying to teach us through the trial, through the test, through uh, the temptation that we're going through? Uh, I think that's, uh, that's what's, what's key. Learning, um, learning how to process these things. Hmm. So some have criticized biblical counseling with statements like this, and this is actually a for the most part, a, a close paraphrase of a tweet 
that I read recently, um, very close to, to the actual tweet, but it said, if you only counsel from the Bible and ignore all the research on mental health done in other fields, you harm rather than help. And so how would you respond to a position like that or to a statement like that? That if you only, if you only do it this way, you're ignoring, you're harming people. I think first it comes down to your biblical anthropology, your anthropology of who is man. If you see him as just a higher form of animal, um, I guess that would, in one sense, make sense. But if we look at man uh, made in the image of God, we have a biblical anthropology. We see man as created by God and because of Adam fallen in a fallen state, uh, his worst condition isn't the fact that he's maybe not getting along with his friends and neighbors. The worst thing is he may not know Christ and be destined for hell. You know, I, I know God is sovereign in all these things and, you know, the aspects of God who, who he calls who he calls. But when I look at uh, the things of uh, those types of things, I'm, I'm not a mental health practitioner. I'm, I'm a theologian. I'm a, I'm a, Every, everyone's a theologian. Some people have solid theology. Some people have bad theology. We all have a theology. What I've trained, been trained in, what I've learned is the aspects of what is man's greatest need, to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the key. From there, uh, I think God has uniquely made us. Uh, he gives us all different challenges. It isn't to alleviate necessarily the pain, but to learn how do I deal with how God has made me? How is God going to be glorified by the fact that, gee, I'm struggling with depression right now? I really am. And, and I think everyone can identify this. You know, but um, psychology has made it an illness where, where we look at something like that and say, isn't it okay just to be sad sometimes? Because maybe someone, mm -hmm. something has been taken away. I lost my job. I lost my spouse. I'm sad. Uh, you know, the, all through the Psalms, David talks about these things. And what does he do? He gives us encouragement and tells us that there's hope and there's light at the end. Why or how? Because of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a lawyer. I don't practice those things. What I am is I'm, a, I'm an encourager. I'm an exhorter. That's my gift. Uh, I, I see a God has called me to do that. This is the best place where I work. I don't work from a pulpit. I work from a table or a desk or hmm. across a, you know, a cup of coffee. We're in a sense of we can sit here. Let's get to the root problem. Uh, let's not talk about the surface issues. I'm seeing all kinds of surface things. These things are happening. I'm not getting along. I, I, I can't focus. I can't concentrate. These are real things. I'm not diminishing them, but let's get to the root problem. Let's get to the heart issue and uh, try to determine what these things are. First, my relationship with God. Okay, I'm not blaming everything on sin, but okay, is there sin in your life? Is there unrepented sin? Is there guilt? Is there something that's really um, not allowing you? Uh, it, it's, it's the Spirit of God convicting you and bringing a, you know, pricking your conscience so much so in the sense of I anyway I I, I can't go on I need to to, to deal with some things yeah. um, I don't think mental health uh, I, I I respect I respect it I, I really do but I, I think the the anthropology again is incorrect if I don't see man as a spiritual being I'm not going to be able to be to deal with the spiritual issues in him if I'm just looking at him as a higher form of animal or just 
you know, uh, you know for lack of a better term, uh, a non-spiritual being. Yeah. What am I going to work with? I'm going to work with things like behavior modification. I'm going to work with things like I, I rely on my willpower. It's all everything that I do. Well, I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, I'm going to fail. At some point, I'm going to keep it to a point, but I'm, you know, I'm going to give in. Yeah, you know, it's right. a temptation until I give in. Then it's not a temptation anymore. So I, I think in, in the, I understand it. I respect it. I disagree. I, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to play uh, a psychologist or a psychiatrist because I'm not. Um, I'm, and again, we, we always encourage people, go to a doctor, get a physical. Uh, are there things that are organic? that are wrong is there yeah, yeah. you know there could be a legitimate um reason for the way you're feeling this it could be diet it could be something hormonal it could be you know which you know the aspects that people talk about chemical imbalances you know the legitimate ones you know we can see with a blood test the ones that we're talking about in theory are just that theory there's not enough research to prove that it really is and if you if they're honest with you, a, a, an MD, a doctor, will tell you there there isn't enough research to, hmm. to tell you these things, uh, honest ones. And uh, so I, I I understand it. I I the, the question doesn't bother me. Right. Um, yeah. I'm I'm dealing with the, the spiritual <laughs> because I think that's where the root issues lie. I think it's vital for the local church to understand what this. What biblical counseling is. Uh, God, the Hebrews tells us that God's word is living and active. It's able to discern the thoughts and intents of our heart, the inner man. It's able to, God's word is able to work in the, in the heart and the soul of a person to bring about a true change. You know, repentance uh, is, the, is the first step which brings about, uh, there's, a, there's a change, a change of our mind. We we see our sin. We repent of our sin. Uh, I think the aspects of confession and forgiveness within the, the the realm of biblical counseling is amazing. To see the effects that when someone has sinned, they repent, they confess that sin, then then they're forgiven because God says He forgives us. First John one nine says He forgives us, and. Uh, He's the, he's the just judge who should judge us, yet he forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He, God restores us. Within the concept of the local church, we, we sin, we repent of that sin, we genuinely repent, we confess, we're forgiven, and then restoration takes place. And I think that's what biblical counseling offers relationships and, and in situations where there's true restoration and the relationship can be better than it was before because a sin was identified or a problem was identified. It was dealt with. It was confronted in a, in a loving way where someone confessed it, acknowledged their sin, sought forgiveness, owned it, didn't blame shift. I'm not blaming the world for my sins. I'm blaming myself. And then the aspect, the truth of that comes out and people are, are restored. Relationships are restored. And uh, they're not people not only restored with God, but restored horizontally. And that, that's the local church is the perfect place for that. So wow. that's that's why we do what we do here. And I would 
really invite anyone within the church who wants to be a part and learn this. This isn't rocket science. It's it's really studying God's Word. I had a professor, Dr. Mack, who said, if you want to counsel the Word of God, you need to study the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God. And this is simply knowing the Word of God. And I haven't stopped. I'm continuing to learn the Word of God so I can continue to, both my wife and I, to study and learn to be able to teach, admonish, to encourage, though, to bring hope. Right. Uh, that's yeah. what it's all about. So thanks yeah. for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for your time. And it's so good to catch you as you're heading into your school year here. So thanks for sitting down. Thank you.